going to welcome to the Crew 3 Podcast. I'm host Andy Reid. With me as always are my co-hosts Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey, hey. How's it going? We're doing good. The Mahomies are out in full force. Uh, We're doing it again. We love the Mahomies, right? We That's came right. from that same dust bowl of nothing, right? Correct, yeah. That's why we root for Patrick Mahomes. People are always like, why are you such a Chiefs fan? I'm like, I'm a Mahomes fan. Mahomes fan. That's right. He... He also lived in Lubbock like we did, so yes. uh, he understands, right? He understands the I, struggle. I think he had a lot better time in Lubbock than we did, though. But I still, I had a pretty good time in Lubbock. Lubbock was a pretty good time. You're correct, yeah. Comparatively to other people in Lubbock, right? I think I'm in the in the upper percentile of people who enjoyed Lubbock, right? Yes. I, I had a friend in college who for, well, was also from Houston who, man, I, don't, I think she finished the first semester was just like, I can't come back here. Right. You either like see like the the edge of civilization for miles and miles and miles, right? Yeah. Yep. And you, you either like cope with that fact or you leave Lubbock. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's one or one of the two, right? My favorite is when you meet the people from like Midland Odessa who are like, Oh, we come to Lubbock to get to the big city. And right. It's like, and you're oh. just like, oh no. This is all there is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Patrick Mahomes is a Patrick for the people. Okay, truly, truly, the only Patrick we support on this podcast. But, uh, hey, now, <laughs> I, I will actually second that. Okay, all right, all right, Patrick the Innovator Mahomes, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I will say though, the best thing about Lubbock, Texas, is like when people who are not from Texas think of Texas, I think like Lubbock is exactly what they think of. Yep. I think they think of Lukenbach. I I think the thing everybody thinks of as Texas is like South Dallas, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where King of the Hill is. Sure. King of the Hill is like South Dallas, like, but too north to be Houston, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lukenbach is a good answer, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Lukenbach is, but uh, with enough beverages in me, I will complain to the establishment that Shiner beer is not an import because I could drive to Luke and I was I was gonna say is Shiner Texas another good answer of like a representation of Texas isn't Shiner from Lukenbach no Shiner is its own place oh Zegan there's a beer from Lukenbach made there might not be Willie Nelson's beer is made there they've got a song song some place makes Lukenbox makes something that you can drink. I mean, we or make you can take that statement to the bank. Yeah, take that statement to the bank. Because it's like what? Because it's like um, ask, ask your banker. What can I drink in Lukenbach? Like, Houston makes Saint Arnold, and is Voodoo Ranger also made in Houston? Or is it's Voodoo easy Ranger in Austin because Austin has the five one two brewery because that's the area code of North Austin. Sure, sure. Uh, all right. Well, uh, unfortunately, I am actually not Andy Reid, as you can see by my lack of Waffle House uh, of menu in front of me. But look, the sports ball was great this weekend, right? The Super Bowl, it happened. Uh, but the real talk of the town is, and this is a retread from the first time we tried to record this episode, I still want to talk about the Fast and Furious trailer. The Fast and Furious trailer? This is a great chance and, for me to close my door. Yeah. And, <laughs> Chris is going to make sure Vin Diesel doesn't break in. Look, right. I, I'm glad. Look, I, I knew it. I, Vin, or sorry, uh, John Cena is joining the La Familia. 
like like always, right? We beat the villain. The villain joins La Familia, right? Unless you're Cipher, who will forever not be the villain. I like that the, this movie Shaw is back, but not Hobbs. The Rock is the Rock is <laughs> out of La Familia. He has his own Familia now. Uh, I don't. Without like a grave misunderstanding of magnets, I don't know how the movie can can move forward, right? That was yeah. the best part about Fast Nine. Well, maybe maybe Ludacris in space was the best part of Fast Nine. I don't know. Tyrese just being invincible, right? The uh, I, I just man, the insane clown posse should be on the next uh, Fast and the Furious movie because uh, they have the exact same scientific knowledge. The the fact that we have to like they're they're now just like oh Jason Momoa was there the whole time because Jason Momoa as the villain his dad was the villain from five so now we're like oh here's a scene from five oh Jason Momoa was in the background he he was there the whole time yeah, but who wrecked Dom dad Dom's dad's car oh man I I I get that it's a normal car right like there's Whenever they, they they airdropped in the Charger, it's just a normal car, right? Like, I don't think it's any... Oh, it's Vin Diesel's car. The the car is part of La Familia. Right, exactly. I've seen cars. Yeah. One and two. Okay. And I can tell you that life is, in fact, a highway. Yeah. Gal Gadot is still going to be alive, right? Like, they're going to bring her back, and it's just like... Oh, Vin Diesel, here's your baby mama. But now you're with Letty again? So, like, who who are you going to get with Vin Diesel? Wonder Woman or Letty? What is, like, the most estranged movie from the plot? Is it Fast Five or Fast and the Furious 3? <sighs> Tokyo well, Drift, what are you talking about? The, th- the thing is, though, like, Tokyo Drift becomes really important because, like, that's the whole thing is, like, we see, the ha- like, the whole lead-up of Han's story when they bring him back of, like, all right, well, I'm gonna, we're going to go do this before we get to Tokyo. We're going to do this before we go to Tokyo. And then we, finally, we go we to Tokyo. We never reference Fast Five again because The Rock doesn't join in. Until now, because again, Jason Momoa is the son of the villain from Fast Five. But The Rock's – is The Rock the villain in Fast Five? I thought he's just the police officer and then he helps us. He but that's – no, no, no. Jason Momoa isn't The Rock's son. <laughs> Is that what your problem is? So Jason Momoa is like the son of the guy who owned the vault that we stole? Yes. So he's like the son of the corrupt politician of Buenos Aires? Yes. Where's the caveman? (laughs) He's the sheriff. Yeah. Now remember, (laughs) this is also going to be a two-part end of the saga, end of La Familia, before we reboot it. Um, And so rumor is that they tried to get Robert Downey Jr. involved as the villain for one of these movies, where Robert Downey Jr. could essentially just be evil Elon Musk and just have a fleet of AI-controlled cars. I love that plot. I always wish my car could talk. Yeah. Um, Pretty the... soon Knight Rider's going to be busted in here. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, right. yeah. I can't wait to see how they tie uh, Fast and the Furious X1 and X2 into Triple X. Ah, right. the return, the return of Xander Cage. I think it's really bold that they released the actual beginning of the series at the end of the series before the movies were even invented. Well, it's so funny because it really wait, feels wait. like is Vin Diesel triple X? Yes, well, yeah. he's he's triple X. He's the first triple X, and then he's the triple X. Was Ice Cube. 
he gets replaced because again yeah. so the thing was right vin diesel like did fast the furious and then was like triple x and like riddick are going to be my franchises but then fifth then fast the furious is actually the franchise that blew up and then he yeah. kind of latched his horse onto that and then did some other vanity projects like uh when he played his D character in the witch hunter or whatever that movie was yeah um Although Riddick is coming back as well with another movie. I thought that was a Riddick movie anyway, to be honest with you. Well, there's three. It's Pitch Black, Riddick, Chronicles of Riddick, or either Chronicles of Riddick, then Riddick. I forget the order of those two. But I know he fights the Necromongers and becomes the king of the Necromonger homeworld uh, because you keep what you kill. We need a pop culture podcast. Let's just do it. You guys know so much. I know so little. Like This would be great. Cinematic Universe chart because like ruckman knows movies ricky knows music and movies and i know football you know yeah it's the whole I, I know that football's a sport that's what i know football is a sport did y'all see that commercial i don't know what it was even advertising where jack harlow plays the triangle and then gets beat by elton john i wouldn't recognize jack harlow if you put him in front of me did you see the beer but commercial that turns into a sarah mclaughlin commercial yes I missed all the commercials. I just saw Pregnant Rihanna. <laughs> hey, I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed the Rihanna show. Congratulations, Rihanna. That's right. Crew three congratulates Rihanna on her <laughs> on her incoming uh, uh, maternity project. Uh, she sang like "Rude Boy," but like faster than it's ever been sung before. She just lip synced the whole time, right? I mean, I saw like a lot of people who were like kind of cringing at the quality of lip sync. Everybody It was still better than the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, of course. Because they actually they had actual Fergie actually singing, and that was the worst thing you could ever do. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you the backing failed. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, the backing track failed, and so they had to actually sing. But like, the thing is, oh. nobody actually sings. It's all lip synced. Right. That's because Pepsi doesn't want to put out a subpar product. Right. Right? That's right. That's why they put out Pepsi Zero, which is the new sponsor of Crew 3. I'm proud to announce Pepsi Zero. <laughs> well, hold on. Uh, we have real sponsors now, Ricky. We, we can't sponsors. be sponsored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, if we're going to be sponsored by a Pepsi product, we're getting that Starry sponsorship. No, that stuff isn't good. Starry is so good, Ricky. I will fight you on this. If we, if we ever get sponsored by White Claw, Nate's going to murder me and replace me on the podcast. <laughs> We're you know? never getting a White Claw sponsorship. Wow. That's pretty definitive. If I drank White Claw like Steve Austin drank Bud Light, drank I think Steve Weiser's. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Steve Weiser. That's what he drank, right? Yeah. Do you ever get, like, an official beer sponsor? Yeah. Steve Weiser. <laughs> <laughs> Never break kayfabe, I guess. Uh, all it's, right, it's, it's had a hand in Steve Weiser. It's though. ten o'clock at night, Probably. by the way. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, this is, is the longest intro we've done before we talked about magic cards. It's this ten o'clock. Not, no, we've gone like thirty minutes for talking about magic cards before. Anyways, Lorcana spoilers. Lorcana spoil. Oh yes, once again, I'm ready to shove a bunch of Disney nerds in the dirt. As a Disney nerd myself, they're all worried about flavor text. And I'm worried about how to actually win the card game. I would like to card games, Have you seen the marketing push for Battle Spirits lately? Like, they're like, you want to come play in Vegas for pre-release 
and win the big cash prizes. I do want that actually. Pre-release is in like is in the middle of March. They're doing a pre-release set for like this for the game for the base set. The base set went like top thirty-two get like fully foiled out decks as prizes. Well, I'm booking my ticket. I googled Battle Spirits before they even announced it, and because I found they had like a little shadow website, and I was yeah. like, sweet. And then I showed it to Nate and Ricky because I was like, man, we are we were top eight regional Battle Spirits champions when we showed up for Magic the Gathering one day. It's and true. it turned out it wasn't Magic the Gathering Day. It was Battle Spirits Day. And we we're like, well, how do you play Battle Spirits? <laughs> so like a bunch of people drove down from Dallas. It was like a 30, 30 or 40 person event. And me and Ricky both made top eight, <laughs> having learned the game two hours prior. I didn't even have any X-Rares in my deck. Mm-mm. Well, uh, they're like the only YouTube ads I see right now is just like the you want to win big cash prizes come play battle spirits. oh my gosh okay. so I can't surf YouTube right now because it thinks that I want to see the like um, the waifu phone games uh huh and like it never shows you what the real footage is like it's always like the most anime artistic drawing that's like not sure. appropriate for the public to view it's not right. super lewd but it's really not something i would want like people looking at me looking at you know what i'm saying right. so like i need to i need to talk to youtube and like have it advertise me battle spirits because right now that's all i'm getting uh, well based on the so it sounds like you got the, you got the elon musk treatment where elon got sad that joe biden had more engagement on his tweet about the Super Bowl that Elon did. So Elon then threatened to fire everyone who didn't, all the engineers, if they couldn't work on making his tweets, like super duper promoted everyone on Twitter. That's why <laughs> That's why you always see Elon tweets in your top like five tweets because he threatened to fire the engineers. I'm like gonna, the only three engineers they had left. I'm going to take a stance here. And I don't usually do this. I don't usually support Elon Musk. Oh but in this God. instance, okay, in this instance, right? Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. I don't like Joe Biden. All right. Joe Biden tweeted in support of the Eagles. Okay. Okay. Right, I don't know what what he could have possibly been thinking. Dak Prescott wins Man of the Year award because that man is an angel. He is a saint. I don't care if he never wins a game again. Everyone that is the him. rightful leader of the Dallas Cowboys and the classless Eagles fans who did a celebration. Or the one of the players did a celebration breaking into the Salvation Army and stealing all the money, whereas like yeah. the Cowboys players like always joke and like jump in the kettle and then throw money in the kettle. They like yeah, broke everybody in. fined for that. They, they should were, have been. Yeah, they, they should were. have been. They should have been fined. They should have been fined triple because it's Philadelphia. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I've watched the clip where the Eagles rob the imaginary <laughs> money in the Salvation Army bucket. Yep. Like at least once a week. That video is so funny. That whole game was the best game of football I watched all year. The Cowboys won that game. I just want to they point did. that out. I, the Cowboys win that game. The Eagles lose. The Eagles lose the Super Bowl. So, you know, listen. That's the Eagles all I can lost say. the World Series. The Eagles lost, lost the, the Series, American right. soccer, whatever listen, they play. Congrats to the Eagles for making it there. I know a lot of cool Eagles fans outside of Philadelphia. I don't know any cool Eagles fans inside of Philadelphia. So wow. speaking of Philadelphia, there's a pro tour this weekend. There, there, there wow. is a fact this weekend. We found what, like that segue. What a, segue. Like that what, segue. A, what a professional! What a professional! All right, uh, I mean, yeah. So there are magic cards. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some kind of thoughts and opinions on so what's going on in the pro tour. We I've got uh, I've got challenge results. Hey, we're gonna talk about challenge results. Look at some some fun deck lists, but really quick, uh, kind of let's look at the real news in magic, and that was. The overnight buyout, essentially, of Atraxa. 
you know, I'm so sad. I I I had them in my cart at twelve dollars a piece, uh-huh. and I was talking with Nate. We were looking at the price graph, and I was like, "Man, they pre-ordered at twenty-five. They seem to be going down. Like, I think this card's pretty hot, but like, I'm gonna wait." Q ten hours later, I get off my shift, and I'm like, "Man, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and buy them. Uh, thirty dollars. Thirty dollars in ten hours. Yep. This card went up twenty dollars in in ten hours, and has is now up to what fifty? It's a thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Okay, still, still. The I only mean, case of FOMO. Is I, that really thing, here's my thing. I mean, it's because you can pitch it to every. Um, Every elemental convoke, right? right? You can you can, throw, you can you can throw it to force of will. Right? <laughs> yep. You can pitch to everything but fury. You can pitch it to force of will, right? Like it's gonna be it's a house the standard, but it, like is it like too good? And is it good in pioneer? Is it good yeah. enough for pioneer? I we so. all got fooled again. We all promised last time it happened, right? It was like Zendikar Rising came out. And it's like, oh, these lands are kind of cool, uh, but nothing else in this set seems very good. And then it's like, wow, look at this stupid Omnath. It costs so many colors. It has so many words. It's only for Commander players. But guess what? Commander players get good cards. They put so many words on these Commander cards that they can't be bad, right? I'll right. say it once. I'll say it again. The state of the United States public education system means that it's really, really hard to predict the prices of these cards. We ha- we're we sounding out the words. You know Chris, what I'm saying? Like, we're Chris trying to really read watched, these cards. Chris really listened to Joe Rogan this week before coming on. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> we're really trying to read these cards, and it's really, really hard to get to the end of it. So, like, we're just now finishing reading the card, and that's why I think it's taken so long for the price to go up. Millions of Americans were like, oh, that's what it does? And now the price has gone up. I'm just saying, like, if the card has too many words for you to read, if your ADD kicks in because it takes longer than a TikTok to read the card, <laughs> probably a good card. Buy it. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say, like, go go look at the record of when we when we reviewed this card, right? Like, it didn't it didn't make our top ten, right? Because, like, I, cause I in, in my mind, this is one of those cards, like, yeah, it's going to do stuff, right? Because when I remember when we were talking about this when this card got spoiled, it was like, I mean, it's probably just better than Niv-Mizzet, and I think that that's just, like, the role it's going to be in Pioneer. I mean, Lifelink, Vigilance, Death Touch, flying on a bigger body, like, it... it but you can't good. breathe the light! I mean, to be fair, I think that you mentioned this before we started recording, and that was, like, this card is probably not going to have the impact on Pioneer that some of the other cards in our top ten are, mm-hmm. but for, like, Modern, right? Like, you can pitch it, yeah. Nobody's casting this card. Let's be honest, right? Like, it's it's like I said in the thing. There were some really cool reanimation targets in this set, and yeah. this is one of the things that I was like, oh, okay, not one that I specifically targeted because I think there were some other cards that I was like, all right, but you know, again, the comes into playability, just drawing you a bunch of cards is really, really insane. So again, nobody's casting this card, and that's why for Pioneer, our reanimation is pretty lackluster. So again, for Pioneer, it probably still is a top ten card, and we missed it, but. It may not be top five. Like, you're going to see more Screlves, for sure, right, in Mono White than you're going to see of this card. What? There's a lot of other cards that are going to have format impact. This card doesn't pitch to anything in Pioneer. The other thing that really helps this card out is the longer we've gone on, Rakdos has been adding, like, 
more and more power ward kills versus Dreadmore because they need instant speed removal against like the mono white and the boat matchups, right? And guess what? That don't work on a track of thanks to being a Frexian Angel. So like as the Dreadmore counts go down and the power to kill counts go up, and the even in like the face of Angel's decks being real and pioneer, like attracts to be harder and harder to kill. I think that is like the one good thing, at least in pot that's the best thing that Atraxa has, at least in Pioneer, is that at seven at seven toughness and the angel subtype, it is harder to kill than a lot of threats. You're all wrong. You ready? Okay. Go for you want it. me to blow your mind? Blow sure. It. All right. It's turn three. You just cast some super sweet turn three card. Any card. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. At the end of your turn, I I'm flash in binding. Mayline binding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then I'm going to untap and I'm going to enigmatic. And did you thought seize me three times this game? Well, I drew the enigmatic anyways, and I'm going to sack the leyline binding, and I'm going to draw seven cards off my Atraxa. Sure, that's it. My mind I, is I just, blown. My like, mind is blown, Ricky. You blew me. I'm just saying, right? like you blew me. Let it be known on this podcast <laughs> that Ricky just blew. Me. Agent of treachery, <laughs> yeah, isn't good enough. Right. We need better than Agent of Treachery for the Enigmatic Fire decks, right? Sure. And we're playing 80 cards, so it's not like it costs us anything to put some more Atraxes in there, you know? Yeah, but, like, I, I don't think that makes the Enig... Like, Enigmatic was already a very solid deck thanks to Leyline Binding. I don't think this needed Atraxes to really push it overboard. I mean, the deck it, just has lines to everything. Like, it you makes already have possible for Mono White to get over. That's like it was already hard for Mono White to win anyway because now they're playing Mom, and when Mom is like, "Here's here's here's Elish Norn," all right, now I'm gonna double my Leyline Binding. For, like it, it it was already yeah. a hard matchup. Your cards don't trigger, mine double trigger. I think that like I think that Enigmatic gets run over by some aggressive decks, right? Sure. And I think that like when I play against Enigmatic as playing Phoenix, right? Yeah. Agent of Treachery is generally bad. Sure. Like, they play Agent of Treachery, and if they don't target a land, they try to steal, like, a Phoenix and just kill the Phoenix, right? And then get my Phoenix back and attack in the air. But, like, if they go get a Traxa, I just lose. <laughs> but here's the thing. The thing that makes a Traxa relevant in these matchups isn't the, like, I'm going to draw seven. It's just that it's a hard-to-kill threat with flying and, like, any relevant keyword soup, right? Yeah, like, like, this could be important. any seven drop keyword soup card and it doesn't matter what cards you're putting back in your hand i think it, all the whole package is relevant here yeah I, I will tell you that having watched the card the the amount of card advantage you get spreads in like most decks are playing a minimum land instant sorcery right like, like maybe you don't play that many creatures maybe you do but like it's i feel like that card's on average drawing you three cards and you get to pick them if you happen to have artifacts four. But again, know, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's not drawing you cards. I'm just saying that right. part of the card is irrelevant to why it's going to be better against some of these matchups, right? Like Ricky's saying, Age of Treachery doesn't matter. Well, now we get to cheat on a thing that can block your Phoenixes and actively ruins the race for you because right. of lifelink, right? Like, again, the drawing cards doesn't matter. It's the keyword soup plus the body. That's what matters. It's Vigilance, so you can't ever hit it with uh, Wandering Emperor. Emperor, yeah. It- can't be vanishing versed. It can't be power word killed. It can't be lightning axed. Uh, 
if you like rub on the card hard enough, you could probably uncover first strike somewhere on there. So you can't even like. Speaking speaking of rubbing on the cards, did you see the thing now where apparently the you rub off the Frexian symbols? They don't rub off. What it is is they're too sensitive to skin oils. So if you take like a little damp cloth to them and wipe your your greasy Dorito fingers off on them, then it's fine. They'll come back. But yes, if you touch them too much with your skin, like just like directly without putting a sleeve on them, your skin oil, like your nat- like the oil on your skin will just like cover up the the Frexian symbols. Unplayable. So just dunk your cards in water to make sure you can see the. Wow. Go ahead and just send all your attractions to me um, at Crew Three Studios, Austin, at Texas. PO Box seven 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 seven. Um, I think that Atraxa, we slept on it. It's, it's the Omnath all over again. Everybody slept on Omnath. And then somebody was like, Hey, you play this and it draws you a card and then immediately replaces like life and mana. Like Look, it's just two bears in a loop. Yeah. It's just two bears in a loop, but like at least fable, that card is not designed because commander, right? Sure. Omnath has to be good because commander players want to play an Omnath deck. Yeah. Atraxa has to be good because players want to play an Atraxa deck and a battles deck. Oh, well, hold on. Save the battle. That We'll save that for the mailbag. Okay, okay. But uh, Atraxa, we... insane card. The end. The end. And so uh, I think to help us make sure that we can buy some Atraxas, it's time for an apple juice break. Apple juice break! This week, Crew 3 is sponsored by Manscaped. Breaking news, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com using code CREW3POD, that's capital C-R-E-W-3-P-O-D, for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Beard Hedger. This thing has a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotor wheel, which gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. While the Beard Hedger is made for any length, it has a special feature for all my bald-faced boys out there. The Hedger is a built-in advanced lift comb technology that allows for a smoother, complete shave. It also comes with titanium-coated blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and strong motor. The company that helped reduce nicks and cuts on your special place has come to save your face. I gotta tell you all that I've been really enjoying my Beard Hedger. Video viewers know that I've been rocking the mustache for a while now, but the Beard Hedger's internal cutting sizer has taken the look from one that I was happy with to really enjoyed versus my other electric trimmers. Now, instead of having to wait for the everything to grow in from a fresh shave, I just set my Beard Hedger to the number two setting and get the perfect length perpetual stubble that I've been wanting to pull this look all together. And just like that, the Weed Whacker from their performance package, I can keep things nice and trim while having to worry less about nicks and cuts versus my other trimmers. So I get 20% off and free shipping with the code CREW3POD, that's again, capital C R 
EW3POD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code CREW3POD, Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lights. Kruthi is also sponsored by PlayingMTG.com. Are you tired of being bad at magic and looking for a tool that can help improve your game? Look no further than PlayingMTG.com. Our website is dedicated to providing you with the latest strategies, tier lists, and news in Magic the Gathering, covering the most popular formats including Standard, Pioneer, Modern, and Explorer. Our team of experienced Magic players is committed to providing you with high-quality articles, helping you learn new strategies and improve your game. From deck building to sideboarding, our articles cover everything you need to know to become a better player. We also provide you with tier lists so that you can take informed decisions about which decks are currently the strongest in each format, and we update our site regularly with the latest news and trends in the Magic community, so you can stay up to date with the latest developments. Don't be left behind in the information race. Join the thousands of players who trust PlayingMTG.com to keep them on the top of their game. Visit our website today and start dominating your local scene. So again, big thanks to Manscaped.com and PlayingMTG.com for supporting us this week. Back to the show. All right, and we are back from the apple juice break, and hopefully uh, enough people use their promo code so we can uh, start affording some attractions. That's exactly yeah. right. Crew3Pod is the discount code. You can get some sweet products. Hey, can I gush about our sponsor real quick? Yeah, sure. Go for it. For, yeah, go for 20 seconds. Yeah, the one I got, that you can't see? Yeah, I got, I got my, uh, uh, my, yeah, my care package. Yeah, your hair looks so good. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, I, I have been unimpressed with the past it with man man care products i've spent 50 dollars on a trimmer before just for it to like rust over or be really crappy and i've been really impressed and with the 20 percent off promo code that you get using crew three pod plus free shipping the uh the trimmers that we've got have been really well designed the they don't have holes in them like at the bottoms where you plug stuff in which is like a great safety feature that i really appreciate they use like transformers um, to like wirelessly charge the thing so like you don't have to worry about like random holes and stuff getting wet uh, they're they're waterproof in most cases. They'll tell you if they are or not. But uh, I've been appreciating them. What are you laughing at, Ricky? You don't want your holes to get wet. You don't want your holes to get wet. You don't want your holes I mean, to get I wet. I do want my holes to get wet. Actually, not uh, when they have not when they have electricity running through them, guys. That's lesson right, number right. one. Okay, don't bathe uh, with a toaster. I also okay. can't wait for Optimus Prime to show up and help charge my my device. That's exactly right. If you if you buy Manscaped products, Optimus Prime will help you. Shave all those sensitive areas that you don't. No, have they cannot. Hey, 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 no. We can't promise that. That's not a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, anyway, not, our not. apple juice spilleth over. There yeah. you go. I've been I've been impressed with the products that we received. All right. Well, let's talk about some top eights here and some fun deck lists, and then uh, let's just take a few minutes to talk about uh, the pro tour. Uh, all right. On our Saturday's challenge in eighth place. We have Starfall with Mono White Humans. In seventh place, we have Plaza 23 on Azorius Control. In sixth place, we have Seventh Prophet on, uh, they're calling this Boros. Uh, and it kind of is. We only have Nahiri, though, and Fable. But that's kind of a fun deck. Uh, in fifth place, we have Lord Beerus on Mono Red. We're just bringing it back, huh? Uh, in fourth place, Ignatus 97 on. Azorius Control in third place, Lane 5893 on a really fun Gruel build. In second place, Azax on Mono Green Devotion or Green Devotion, Nykthos Ramp, whatever you want to call it. And then first place, Misplaced Ginger on just the classic Rakdos midrange. Once again, look at that three power word kill, 
to Dreadborn. All right, I want to talk about the champion of all Rakdos, the originator, yeah, the the patient zero of Rakdos mid range, rising through to finally grab first the place. Huh? Yeah. All right, I want to talk about. I want to talk about third place, and I want to talk about uh, sixth place. Where do you want to start here? Uh, let's start at sixth place. Right, sixth place is this fun little uh, Yorian pile here, this mono-white splash road Yorian pile. So we've got Yorian the Sky Nomad, four Thraven Inspector, three Charming Prince, four Knight of the White Orchid, four Spirited Companion, two Elite Spellbinder, four Sky Collaboration, four Phyrexian Vindicator, three Nahiri the Unforgiving, four the Eternal Wanderer, four Laydown Arms, three Portable Hole, four Ossification, four Fable the Mirror Breaker, and uh, surprisingly, no Nykthos in this deck? This deck confuses me. Uh, we're playing Enter the Battlefield Tribal. But no Displacer? We wrote Phyrexian Vindicator instead of Elishnorn into this deck uh-huh. list. Uh, so that seems like a mistake. Um, also, I is Vanish into Eternity good? Um, or in the sideboard. And, like, I mean, I don't know. I guess it kills... It's got to be like, for, like, enigmatic, right? Like, it, we so we just, like, enigmatic and control, so we just hit everything but creatures with it? Right. Like, we can hit any of the enchantments, but, like, I don't know. I guess maybe we didn't want to play, like, to destroy evil and, like, to something else. Yeah. So, like, Vanish into Eternity, and I guess you can cast it for six if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting deck. It just feels like we're playing all these ETBs, we're playing Yorian, and I feel like we wanted to play Elishnorn, and we're not. Yeah, I, I like Nahiri, though. I like the Eternal Wanderer. I do think there is a good big white deck out there now. Right. Uh, I just don't know if Frexian Vindicator's it. Right. Also, we, okay, we're playing 17 points, but we're like playing like an 80 card deck. I, I just, I have to, I have to admit, it's a pretty sweet deck, probably played by a very good player who very much yeah. knows this deck very well, has been practicing with it a bunch. I just hate Dorian decks. I'm just going to say it. Spirit just Companion, gonna we're going to see a lot more of, I think, in some of these piles. Uh, just draws a, it's a little Doge that draws a card, right? It's a enchanted creature. Yeah. Right. So you can find it off of Traxa. Yeah. Um, you can sack it with Enigmatic. You can sack it with Enigmatic and go and get a 3-drop. But All right. Let's uh, let's talk about this Gruul deck then. Uh, I love it. We got Obosh the Prey Pierce. But also, we've seen an Obosh pile. Uh, four Elvish Mystic, four Lenore Elves, four Bonecrusher Giant, three Garrick's Harbinger. Ooh, I love I love Garrick's Harbinger. Uh, four Reckless Stormseeker, four Domri Anarchabolus, three Nyssa Ascendant Animist, Four Strangle, two Skycleave Sovereign, or Skycleave Sovereign, two Sky Sovereign Console Flagship, and four Fable of the Mirror Breaker. I love this list. Let me tell you, anytime I see Garrick's Harbinger, I'm in. Hexproof from Black, very relevant, right? Uh, we kind of need Hexproof from White now, it feels like, but hey, um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to find some stuff on this ability too, so that's another... That's another thing is just keep I, – I love these Gruul decks just trying to trying out different ways for card advantage. So we're going to, you know, we're going to find more Planeswalkers. We're going to find more creatures. And we're just going to keep beating down. Yeah, I think one of the key things about this deck is that, like, 
the two drops have always kind of been awkward. Like everybody's been kind of figuring out like, well, what do I play? Cause like in, in green black, at least you get like misery shadow that you can publish a mana into. And then like, you kind of get scoos. Some people are playing the werewolf pack leader, but then you don't get gigantha. So like your two drops have not felt optimal. So like this deck is just like, well, if that's a problem and we're playing a bunch of elves, let's just not play two drops or four drops. Right. Like, right. We do the biggest sacrifice is the Seeker's Chariot. You don't super miss the two drops that much because, like, if you play Elf, they have to spend a turn killing it. Like, you get to your threes pretty quick. So, I get the hey, like, we didn't super like the twos. A Seeker's Chariot's a pretty decent sacrifice, but you get a companion. We know how strong companions are, and obviously, we're trying out some cards in here. I don't think anybody's you know all in on Nissa or anything like that just yet. But uh, barrier breach is hot out of the side. I will say, I was about to comment. Like, can you imagine it? Like. Your opponent casts like enigmatic in their main phase one, and then they try to leave main phase one, and you barrier breach their Nalia's presence, their leyline binding, and their uh, enigmatic, yep. and it's just like game over. Can Three I get for one in the chat? Yeah, um, I'm not sold on Nissa. I like Nissa. this deck. I like what we're doing here, but I'm not sold on Nissa. I think four life is a very real cost. Sure. And I think, like, I mean, it's a five, five mana, four life. And then like it comes in uh, the minus. I like when you use the minus to destroy artifacts and enchantments, very good card. But like, if we're playing it and we're plusing it for a four, four. Yeah. Uh, but like, even if we just play her on like, I guess we're not allowed to play I... chariot, right? Cause we're playing. Yeah. Wash. We can't play chariot cause we're the wash. Okay. Um, I mean, like, we don't always have to fully complete it, right? Like, we could play, like, just two life for it, um, even if we just, like, hold on to one. Because we're going we're gonna to hit the mana. So, like, even if we just play her for the full cost, right, and just, like, use the minus seven and just overrun our board, like, that seems pretty good there, too, right? Sure, when we cast her for the full cost, but seven mana seems... We just don't have that many forests is the problem. Like, yeah, that's my only yeah. fear is... I mean, it's even, even just like yeah, we're actually only playing uh, four, five, four. Sorry, uh, seven. It's forests. seven. Yeah. So, like, forest. Does it count? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it does not. Judge, unfortunately, flavor judge. Best flavor judge says yes. That's forest in the name. Flavor judge says yes. Rules yeah. judge says if you're no. playing in. If you're playing I mean, college station. Right. Anything goes. Even right. I can take like, these backsies, Right. Okay. Sure. Even if you just get like plus one plus one though, and trample, sometimes that's going to be enough. Like that's kind of the big thing when you're playing it's mono white is when your opponent's just like, I'm just going to throw this like one two under the bus right, um, and they just kind of gum up your attack that way. That's rough. But when you can start sneaking in your harbingers for like an extra one or two points there, just just being able to trample over, I think, is the relevant factor. So even if again you're just getting plus one or plus two. The trample is what's really relevant about that. Right. Yeah, I think uh, my, only, my only fear there is your elves probably had to help cast them. I, I think if you get two off of it and you didn't have to use elves to cast it, so like either you cast it for six or something and then you were able to plus one it, whatever the situation might be, um, then I think that it could be worth it. But you kind of want those elves getting in for at least three with trample before it's, before yeah, it's like, there. You guys are also forgetting Domri's adding to our man account here as well. That's a good point. Yeah, sure. Domri's there. Can you spend Domri's mana on Planeswalkers? Domri's mana can be spent on anything. I it's thought it was only for creatures. No, it's just the clause is creature spells can't be countered this turn. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, a lot of blue-white control in this challenge. 
Yes, there is. But there are some fun decks to talk about. I want to come down to 11th place with uh, with Naya Midrange by Stainerson. Uh, we get four Elvish Mystic, four Llanowar Elves, two Selfless Spirit, four Voice of Resurgence. You hear, follow me, camera guy. Talking about. Hold on. One Mirror Nexus of Rebels, three Mondrak Dory, Dory, Glory Dominance. Oh, the toast. Uh, one Deccan Stone, one Faithful Absence, one Obliterating Bolt, four Seekers Chariot, four Field Mirror Breaker, four Wedding Announcement, one The Acrone War. Here, it's the deck. It's the deck we've been kind of talking about, right? Mondrak right. plus Voice. Plus just some other just decent token makers. Oh, I'm in I love. Wanna, I just want to sacrifice Voice of the Resurgence, the Mondrax ability. Yeah. And make double voice tokens. I love the one of Jetmir here. Like, this fat cat's going to take me all the way to the bank. Oh, my God. The uh, one of Deck and Stone, one of Fateful Absence, one of Obliterating Bolt, the just... I don't know which one's the best. We'll play all of them. We'll find out. Yeah, uh, I dig this deck. Also, a Crowan War, interesting in a white base deck here that you can sack it to Mondrak. Like, you can sack what you steal. White yeah. normally doesn't get a lot of sack outlets. Yeah. Then we have Selfless Spirit to save us from the uh, third chapter after we bust face. Right, right. Uh, man, if I can get some Mondraks in time, I might play this at the last RCQ. Look, don't. I, I, here's my thing, right? So I, 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 I bought the stuff to try to play elves next weekend, but I don't know if they're going to be here in time. So I might have to play something else, but I'm going to lock in elves if they show up. Okay. I got like a week. Where'd you order from? I had to see you player it. Oh, it could be anywhere. Exactly. That's the problem. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, there was a uh, Elves player here. No, yeah. it was not an Elves player. It was a Citadel player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Citadel here uh, in the in a second. That's, that's what about Jesse. Jesse's playing that. So. Right. Uh, but real quick, 16th place, we have Mateus de la Parra uh, playing blue-black control, picking up Shielders Edict. And uh, that's a card that also did not make our top 10 that I think is very relevant going forward. Uh, I think the card gives you a lot of options. Yeah. Like being able to go like, no, 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 sack the Shieldred and not your Fable token is big, right? And being able to kill Planeswalkers at instant speed also very good. Yeah, very true. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about this control deck. Um, there's no 20... there's no gap, right? What's so like when... Wandering Emperor comes into play. She's worded so that she says, like, she can activate her abilities at instant speed if this is the turn that she has come into play. Yeah, so if they play her... You can't, like, let her resolve, and then you can't, like, Children's Edict in response, right? There's no window. Uh, Well, if you are... Okay, so if you are active player, Uh and your opponent's one flashing in... Um, the the Wandering Emperor, right? Right. Um, they technically can't activate it until they get priority again. So if they flash in Wandering Emperor and then you go Shieldred's Edict, they can then activate her in response. Right. Um, but there's no so, window to catch her catch her out, right? Because she's worded so like even if they yeah 
if we do something else, she can just put her ability on. Yeah. Yeah. I and that's that's been I actually have gotten off some things before where like I've been just been playing like a vanishing verse deck right, right. Um, where I've my opponent flashes in uh, their watering emperor and then uh, I'm just like okay vanishing verse or vanishing verse one hits the board and they just like forget to activate because they're not used to someone just like right in response killing it and they kill it and then it dies and they're just like. Oh, I could have activated, couldn't I? Yeah, I'm you like, still yeah, 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 you, you could have. Yeah, yeah, bud. These blue black decks are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no days undoing here. No, nah, it's just we're just playing black control with uh, right. two shark tycoons and a meat hook as our and uh, trench as our win cons. Yeah, one gear hook, two shark typhoon. We have a hive and a hall, I guess, as well. It's been like a while since I've seen Kalidus, right? Yeah, I mean, Elishnorn just kind of kicked him to the curb. Children. Yeah, sorry, children. Yeah. Neat stuff. Yeah. Uh, four color ores in 20th place by B Madman. Uh, we got a Gigantha, two Generous Visitor, four Glade Cover Scout, four Skrelv, Defector Might, four Light Paws, three Sram, four Audacity. Uh, again, why is this card Rancor? Uh, three Cartouche Solidarity, four Thule Armor, two Grisboon. One Hammer Hand, one Kaya's Ghost Form, three Sentinel's Eyes, three All That Glitters, one Alpha Authority, one Rune of Sustenance, one Ward Briar's Blessing. We're just, we're just Aura's Soup here, and uh, hey, four Skrelf, we're doing it. I dig this. It also will make your All That Glitters bigger. Yes. Fun fact. Oh, because it's an artifact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun. Also fun fact, uh, if you have an Abrade, uh, just destroy target artifact on Skrelv and don't try to deal three damage. It just corner cases, like destroy target artifact is more likely to happen than dealing three damage, killing it. Just that's all I'm saying, right? Just saying. Yeah. What what are the corner cases where that's relevant? Like, I'm just saying like if your opponent plays like a pump spell, they can survive the damage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not going to, they're not going to survive the, uh, artifact, the destroy target artifact. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that works. And Skrelv is only target, can only target another creature, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about 21st place Carnage Cards ENT uh, with the Golgari Sack build. This is another deck I'm kind of looking to play at. Um, I was talking with Sawyer. I was like, man, I think I'm going to buy the piece for Elves, and then I might pick up the last piece I need to play this. And this might be like the, the final RCQ deck before the Hunter Burton I try out. Right. Uh, so, Four Elvish Mystic, four Lanor Elves, one Gallic Readers, four Priest of Forgotten Gods, four Prosperous Innkeeper, three Zulaport Cutthroat, four Catacomb Sifter, four Woe Strider, four Tyvar Jubilant Brawler, four Collective Company, four Bulls Citadel, and then uh, some lands here. And uh, yeah, we're just doing it. We're, we're making it happen. Tyvar just helping us cheat out and power out some, uh, some big Priest activations here. We're just going to get them. This deck feels really powerful. Um, can priest sack only creatures, right? Yes. Um, I kind of like goose over one of the elves just to put more material in play for later. Mm -hmm. Um, but that being said, the only thing that like I get scared about with this deck is that like before we played this deck and it was four collected company for Bolas's Citadel. Sure. 
it's good, right? But now with the Tyvar in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just so scared of whiffing that company. Yeah. Like mathematically, you shouldn't. But I get worried adding non-company targets to company decks. Yeah, so I forget. Sure it's fine. I forget where I saw it, but I also saw like a Jund build of Sack. So we're taking a lot of the like, uh, we're just kind of mashing up this plus Rakdos, right? We're not playing Citadel, whereas we right. saw Mayhem Devil. And you get like the, I'm going to board into Corvold package. And I also thought that was a really good solid build of this. So maybe that's worth looking at over just the straight, um, the straight guard. That's something to talk to Carnage about for sure. Right. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about for this event is um, uh, Prophet of Fire, very similar to the uh, list we saw above in eighth place with seven Prophet. Uh, with this Boros build, so it's th- four third inspector, two Cathar commando, four Rafines informant, four spirit and companion, two extraction specialist, four sky collaboration, three Sarah Paragon, two Elish Norn, four portable hole, four Fable of the Mirror Breaker, two Elspeth Conquers Death, and uh, our lands here. So this, I think, what you're talking about is like we got the Elish Norns. I like Sarah Paragon being able to buy back some of these creatures. We're going to trade off or lose as well early on in the game, right? I like this deck this deck i like uh this deck is one 60 cards which is the lord's number um two we're playing elish norn in our etv tribal deck right sure. like elish norn play extraction specialist get back like spirited companion rafine's informant so hot right yeah uh sarah paragon i think also just helps with this whole strategy right mm-hmm. um how does Skyclave Apparition work? What do you mean? When Skyclave Apparition enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-land permanent. It's a separate trigger. So, like, that's why Sarah, That's why Skyclave Apparition uh, is even better when you have print, if you, like, Cocoa it into prints, because you can blink the Skyclave and their thing is gone forever and they don't get the token. Also, if Skyclave eats two things because of Elish Norn, will they get two tokens? Um, when it leaves the battlefield, the exiled card's owner creates an XX blue illusion. Yes, it should. It should. Doubling, yeah. Because, like, it doesn't double the death trigger. Yeah, I would. think they get both still. I'm not positive. I have to look up that interaction. Right. Man. It's funny if they don't. Play, you could play the Black Dominus, right? Oh, yeah. And then when your Skyclip Ration dies, you give your opponent two tokens <laughs> um 26th place ascendancy's back um 27th place is uh doom wake trying out boat playing two miglaws and luca i'm not sure i feel luca in the deck i do like miglaws a lot though and then 31st place we have mario marcos on rogues uh not playing new kaito playing the new jace though uh, four Rune Crab, four Thieves of Guild Enforcer, four Thor- Soaring Thought Thief, one Brazen Bar, one Shieldred, one Zareth San, two Kaito Shizuki, three Jace the Perfected Mind, four Fatal Push, three Thoughtseize, four Drown Lock, two Joy Disruption, two Power Word Kill, two Into the Story. So the new Jace is kind of insane. Yeah. Because uh, you draw three cards if your opponent has 20 cards in their graveyard. Uh-huh. Or if any player has 20 cards in their graveyard. But normally it's your opponent because you're milling them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
If you don't run into any graveyard-based decks, this deck is going to be very, very strong. Yeah. If you do run into graveyard-based decks, it's still strong because your opponent's going to help you build the graveyard to 20. Mm-hmm. So that, like, even if your opponent is profiting over you milling them, right? Like, drawing three cards for three mana and then also still having a Jason play is still big, right? Yeah. I just like that, you know, hey... Shieldred's still here. Like, we're, we're a black deck. We're going to play a Shieldred. Right. And another one in the sideboard, too. Yeah. You kind of have to. Yeah, you really are priced into playing it. Is Unmoored Ego, does it give them nothing, or do they draw a card? Uh, card. They draw a card for each card in their hand. Yeah. Um. So, like, have we landed that, like, Necromentia is just the actual best version, right? I think so. Maybe because this deck no this deck is all evasive right so like yeah we don't really care about the tutus i'd rather not mm-hmm. let them draw cards sure yeah i can agree with that but i do understand just like snapping to like oh i'm a blue black deck i should play the blue black version of this yeah um all right let's move on to the showcase um on sunday we have eighth place for aid bevois on Rakdos Midrange, sorry that, I butchered that name. Uh, seventh place, Terabad on Green Devotion. Sixth place, Pin2MTG on Abzan Greasefang. Fifth place, Martin underscore Dominguez on Five Color Fires. Uh, fourth place, ZNT on Green Devotion. Uh, Stefano underscore Zero in third place, Rakdos Midrange. Uh, happy Sandwich with Rule Boat. And then first place, Dirk714 with four color fires of invention, which is, of course, both of these are enigmatic decks. So uh, let's uh, any any one of these enigmatic builds we want to talk about. Or are we just going to talk about just how great uh, Ella Shorn is uh, with Leyline Binding? I think that name is Stefan, and then this face. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Ella Shorn is very good. Mm-hmm. I would. I think it would be absolute misery. To play the Elish Norn Mirror uh, in this like deck, right? Sure. I think that this Titan of Industry should definitely just be an Atraxa. Sure. Let's talk about who is who is the funner build. So fifth place, we get to play. We're playing Zur and Siege Rhino, and those seem like very fun includes that should get Chris on board with this deck. We're playing uh, Sun's Grace in the, in the other first place. and Cavalier of Dawn. Cavalier of Dawn the, answers any permanent for a 3-3, right? Sure, for one yeah, target, I'm, I'm permanent. Those are, those are kind of our differences here. Cavalier and Arkham Sun's Grace versus Siege Rhino and Xur. Right. Yeah. I like... I like the... Siege Rhino. The first, the first place Chris, one. Chris says Siege Rhino. I know Chris says Siege Rhino. Archon of Sun's Grace is so cool. Um, Archon of Myria and Destiny Spinner main deck are pretty sweet. Is sixth place also on that? Uh, which one? Archon of Destiny. Archon Destiny. of Myria. In Destiny Spinner. Uh, no Destiny yes. Spinner main. Uh, they're on Archon of Myria though. Yeah. Destiny Spinner main is really interesting, especially because like the day before it was a lot of Zorius control. Does that mm-hmm. make sense to me? Yeah, um, I tell you what. Rocks. The uh, most of your it's enigmatic is when they don't even need the enigmatic, and they just still have like their deputy detention and stuff like that against you. Right. 
like, ah, who needs to tutor it in your Orion pile? You just have it. <laughs> that's always the best feeling, right? So like, good. That's what we live for. Uh, his Enlightened Tutor is in this format, but we're not playing it because we're okay with it being slow with Moonblast Cleric because we get a body. Yeah, pretty much. Right, and it's also tutorable. Well, and we're a Yorian pile, which of course, as we all know, has the text of, I'm always going to draw the card I need. Right, right. Unless you're Zach Ruckman, and then you could just go F yourself. I kind of like Biter Reunion over the Omen of the Sea. I'm sorry, did you just say Biter Reunion? Yeah, look, he's going to bite him. Like, he's putting that finger right in his face. and like I know, we, I know we have Texas Public Education, but you know that's not how, what that card is called. Right. It's uh, uh, Bittier Reunion. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I understand. Don't worry, I'm with the scholars. Okay. Um, man, if Elastorn's in play and you play Rest in Peace, you get to exile the graveyard twice. But uh, Bitter Reunion, I think, is way hotter than uh, Omen of the Sea. Yeah. Because, one, you play so many dumpy cards. Like, going up in cards, I think, is way better than saying card neutral. And two, uh, the pop-off for haste is way better than pop-off for scry one. Sure. Because, like, that's just how you get people, right? Yeah, of course. Like, you just, like, go find your Atraxo or your Titan of Industry, then pop off your reunion to just, like, haste it. Mm-hmm. Just kill people, right? Yeah. So I like that way better. Um, I, I mean, I used to make fun of this deck. I still make fun of this deck. I still bully four color uh fires players uh, but now they bully me back the deck is good yeah now now they have uh, Leyline binding and i'm scared right 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 uh zur is really sweet i've seen a lot of zur lists uh oath of chandra because the world is too fast for oath of kaya right yeah again when my when my opponents just go like um chain to the rocks into oath of chandra into deputy detention i'm just sad Right, right, right. Uh, this is sweet. What do you think of the deck, Chris? Yeah, I mean, in general, I'm a big fan. This is the Elstorn deck? The, yeah, just the fires, fires, in the fires, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why are you not playing this deck? The Fires deck? This is, like, your deck. Don't get me wrong. I've been looking at these enigmatic decks and going, man, I was an enigmatic lover a long time ago. But right. uh, I just, I'm I also know. an I just... enigmatic lover, but not for the same reason. <laughs> I just don't like I just don't like Fires of Invention. If we could just escape Fires of Invention, then I'd be cool with it, you know? I've seen builds that don't play Fires. Like then Fires, you just don't even need it, right? Like the whole And I only need one Atraxa, and then I'm happy. Right. Is it is it time I just suck it up and just... Like, we're not on Cavalier anymore, right? Like, or we're not on Cavalier of Red anymore. Yeah. So How like, much does line Binding cost? Uh, it's $35 for the playset. Whoa, $35 for a playset? Yeah. Oh, come on. I, I can swing that. Am, am I the villain if I just show up to the Hunter Burton with this deck after complaining about it for so much, right? No, no, no. go for it. Beat it's every black player sport. in Texas. I, I'm just thinking, like, I have the mana base for this, and I have the fables. I just need an Elishnorn and an Atraxa? Right. A bunch of bulk one-ofs that you, you have to dig okay. for. If I buy into this deck, no one can tell Tyrant because I'll never hear the end of it. Deal. Deal. Thank All you right. You are a podcast, so. 
yeah, you're gonna true. be upset because you know that you're gonna draw the wrong card every single time. No, 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 no. That's the blue white curse. This will's fine. Uh, okay, this, this is gonna go great, huh? It's it's gonna be good. All right, just get uh, just get Merrily to write notes of encouragement on your Yorian. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge, are these altars okay? My wife left kissy marks on it. Right. <laughs> I would actually like to to uh, to alter Yorian to make him like an upward trend in a graph. I, it's something I have seen with him. Uh, like ever since I've just like looked at the art, right? Uh, this card just laughs in the face of anybody who likes math and probability, and uh, it's just like win percentage go up, and we don't care that we are less consistent. Are we yeah. not playing? Wait, we're not playing ossification. With, with what yep. basic lands? Yeah, what basics? Oh, oh. Yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. have we have old we have old ossification and then yeah I'm not I'm not playing this version of this deck we're playing the Chris the Chris version is like Bant no. or something no. like I don't no. what, what, what am I doing with these red cards man I'm playing uh, on that somewhere you're playing you need Fable. mountains for Chain to the Rocks you need mountains for Fable and you need mountains for Leyline Binding oh I'm not playing Fires but I hear you Leyline Binding is just too good to give up. Right. I mean, you play Rending Volley in the sideboard, too, because Mono White is your worst matchup. Yep. And supposedly, hmm. sometimes boats, but only if they're, like, hot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I played the matchup, and I was not hot, and it felt, like, unwinnable. Uh, I'm just going back to reanimating Atraxas and Titan of Industries. I don't want to play this, like, I don't want to play this nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. uh, just, because, like, just give me, like, Red Black so much better, because, like, Blood Tithe Harvester just does everything you want it to do. You discard your animation targets. Red Black it's... cannot beat this deck. Straight up, it's impossible. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, man. I'm a, I'm gonna reanimate I'm my attracts you, first. No, right I, I you know I I agree with Ricky. I've played you. This deck is like succeeding because it just preys on the Red Black decks. You cannot. You can't win. Like this Rakdos. is the mid range decks. Mid range deck. Yeah, Rakdos cannot ever beat this deck. Uh, you can thought seize all you want, but I've got eighty cards in my deck, and my grandpa's deck has no bad cards. That's right. And, uh, and I'm going to use the five mana nonsense. I've already reanimated an Atraxa, a Titan of Industry, and you're dead. See, you're That's not, what I'm telling. Okay, you're playing some weird. Not you said Rakdos, and I had hope right. that maybe you had like gravitated towards a tier one deck. No, 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 no. Okay. We're we're we're, no, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. bursting our, our our spells here. You know me better than that. I got a little. The only bit tier of one deck I played for a while was Phoenix, and Ricky, now there Chris, are too many cool cards in Pioneer. Chris is Chris has discarded his hand, and now he's going to draw from the draw a card, and if it's a creature card, he's going to attack an additional time. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I play That's Swords of Revealing Light. Okay. Until Weevil Underwood is dead. That's right. Dude, that clip is insane. If you've never seen it, uh, it. Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh just, like, murders a man. Y'all are laughing, but my Valentine's coming home with me. Just right. just, just Pharaoh going, this isn't your day. Oh, right. well. <laughs> like, I just, I just loved how, like, finally I got to relate to, like, having it all, right? Yeah. And just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop. He's win. already dead. He's all, Pharaoh. He's already dead. <laughs> he's just like hunched over in a in a pile. 
Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, that, uh, I mean, look, there's a few decks we could talk about, but oh, I, uh, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think we'll, we'll take a couple minutes here to quickly talk about, uh, oh, one, second. One, one second, the pro tour coming up. I got to mention one thing in this challenge. Okay. I got to mention the champion, the hero of the people, Fink 64, battling out for guts and glory and falling just a little bit short into ninth place with mono blue spirits, the best budget deck in the format still good deck. It's under hundred dollars. Uh, really also shout out to 22nd place, uh, GX seven, uh, playing Oni cult sack in the face of all these cards, but shrapnel we get a hell of a card. Uh, shrapnel blast and gleeful demolition. Right. Yeah. Three Meat Hook Massacre. Too expensive for me. Throw it away. Yeah. Throw it away. Uh, Meat Hook's going to like 60 bucks now. It's under 60 bucks. Ooh. It's under... Actually, it's like... Meat Hook's like $40 now. In that case, I'll take 10 Yeah, yeah. Sign Put me up. Put it on the back credit card. <laughs> All right. Well, real quick then, let's talk about the Pro Tour. Again, Ricky and I will be on streaming on the Crew 3 channel on Sunday uh, going over... Pro- What's up? I'm excited. We're going to be doing, um, for sure, top four. Uh, we'll probably get on a little early. I'll check the stream times and kind of tweet out what our time frame is going to be. Uh, so be sure to check out for that while we, we just hang out and talk about some, some high-level magic. I'll be watching the Pro Tour kind of throughout the weekend. So I'll be in the Discord talk with everyone as well. Um, and sort of during the event regardless. Uh, but it will be simul-streaming the, like I said, the top four. Maybe a little bit of the top eight beforehand. Uh, but I mean, like... What do you guys think, just kind of real quick here, um, are we going to see just a lot of the same stuff? I've talked to people and they're just kind of just like, ah, oh, well, you know, I want to play Spice. People are like looking at Spice. I'm just probably going to bring like X deck. Like, I'm probably just going to bring Mono Green, right? Um, do you think we're going to get some new Spice or, or do you I'm think... We're going to get some Spice. I'm telling yeah. you, there, there will be I Spice. Spice to be good enough to actually make an impact in the top eight. I'm telling you... I'm going to say it now, right? Yeah. Two attracts a decks in the top 16. Two attracts in the top 16, two okay. Two attracts a decks in the top 16. I'll put I'll put money on it. Okay. I'm, I'm All, right. All right. Chris, what do you think? Um, I really want there to be some new and cool decks. Uh, I think I think we're going to see a decent chunk of of red black actually just because it is a it's got decent answers. I think there's some good sideboard answers. Um, I think there's going to be some really good players on some aggro decks. Like I think that even with Luris gone, the calls for aggro's death are, are exaggerated I mean, and you're going to see mono white. Um, mm-hmm. but I think there's going to be some cool decks. I think there's going to be people putting some stuff together that we've never seen before. One thing that I, I always remember is like every time Pioneer has happened, some high level pro has taken uh, the Bolas Citadel deck. Yeah. Either, either, uh, sorry, either the rock Johnny. version. Absan or Jund? No, no, mean, Jund or Golgari. Okay. Yeah, people have taken some version of that and done really well with it because, again, you know, Collected Company is a hell of a card. Yeah. Right. Especially when it's foil. Right, it's even sure. better then, you know? Right. Then it's really, real good. My but favorite point is, is in my upkeep. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> and again, if people are going to be bringing, speaking of which, I know it's kind of a meme at this point, but I, I mean, I think if people are really going to be bringing Power Word Kill, then Angels is going to be good. Mm-hmm. So... 
but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just there, there's some things I'm keeping my eye on. One is any kind of Citadel deck. Carnage has been playing it. A lot of the high level, level players from before are playing it, and I think it's got some new tools. And uh, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to see a couple interesting decks break out that nobody was thinking of, just because of the lack of pro attention. Right? This is the first time it's going to be really on the big stage. So I, I know we're going to see some stuff we've seen before played by high level players, but I think we're going to see something new. You know? I mean, we, I, here's my thing, right? Like I'm always hyped for the pro tour. I mean, I'm excited for the pro tour because it is going to be pioneer on the biggest stage for magic. Um, and it's the first pro tour we've actually just also just had like in forever, right? Like mythic championships aside, this is the pro tour. Like we're back, oh. baby. Um, and like at the end of the day, I mean, this is also why I love about Pioneer, right? There's all this cool stuff you could be doing, all this wild, crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, like, it could just end up being just, like, one pro player just playing just, like, very, very good, solid, like, blue-white controller Phoenix, right? Like, all the all the hot stuff out the window, and it's just, like, here are decks that have been around the format's beginning. You Phoenix, think that like, Phoenix isn't like, Spice? Look, Phoenix is Spice, but no. I'm just saying, like, we're talking about all these other decks, right? Like, we're going to cheat in the tracks. We do all this stuff. And it's just like, nah, we're playing an honest Phoenix game. I, wor- I work for haters, right? Yeah. You know, I, I sit in silence, right? And watch every week as they're just like, Phoenix D tier. Phoenix C minus tier. Phoenix basically unplayable. Phoenix in the top is going to be hot. Yeah. I'm telling you, Phoenix is real. The birds sure. are out. Your own place, and that's why it came out, you know, at the recent high-level events, right? What? It so gives you a lot of control is- over what you're doing. Right, yeah. So, like, that's kind of one of the better parts of it. Chris is Phoenix, though. F tier. Uh, Chris only plays Ledger Shredders. The Phoenixes are the bottom four cards of the deck. All right. Well, uh, I mean, any other any other thoughts on Pro Tour? Any other Pro Tour predictions? Um, I predict we will see. All right, I'm going to make some wild predictions. Are you ready? It's also great that we know the Pro Tour is happening on like the other last the last big events where it's like there's a there's a big event this week. The Worlds was last weekend. Capricious Hellraiser. Oh, Hammer State Two. Make State No. Oh. Capricious Hellraiser, the dragon. Oh, the dragon. Okay. Make State Two. Okay. Cat Tribal. Top Cat 16. Ham- Hammer Cat. Top 16. Hammer Cat. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's go. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you now. I see the future. Yeah. No story. Uh, and uh, I'm going to tell you Atraxa in the top 16. Okay. Hammer Cats in the top 16. And some deck that plays Capricious Hellraiser is going to make day two. Well, I've got a bunch of Kembas and some Scrubs coming in the mail as well. And uh, I'm excited. Right. So I, I I was saying earlier. So play Scrub if you want to play Kemba. Oh, no, sorry. I can't yeah, believe Ricky's not hyping up that. Yeah. I can't believe Ricky's not hyping up the equipment stick. He is because I've been buying the cards. I can't hype it too much yet, right? Yeah. Um, I get my I stock. Mean, you know, my my Tyvars will be here for sure. I don't know if the rest of my sack and Elves cards will be here. My Tyvars <laughs> will be here. Um, all right, so I think that will do it for this week's episode. But before we end off, let's, of course, go to the Patreon mailbag. Besides, because besides those wonderful supporters from the Apple Juice Break, we are, of course, sponsored and supported by our wonderful supporters Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Several wonderful tiers available, and all of them get access to our exclusive Patreon channels, 
And one of them, of course, being the Patreon mailbag, where you can ask a question that sounds something like this. And again, I'm going to kind of skip ahead a bit because we're going to kind of uh, some some of these are a little bit time sensitive, such as this question, uh, which comes from Mild Pro, who asks, what is your prediction for battles? Do you think they will be in a standard set? Are they going to be broken? So we so Star City has said they will be handing out an exclusive promotional card at the event. My guess is it's going to be our first battle. So I kind of want to get this question out of the way now so we can get our battle predictions out of the way and we should probably find out what battles are, I think, at the Pro Tour this weekend. Um, I've got a lot to say about this, but I want somebody else to go first. So, okay, my thought is... Yes, battles will be in standard sets. They will be an included card, and they will be their own um, slot in booster packs. That's why March the Machines packs have the weird rarities. So, like, where you got guaranteed Planeswalkers, I think we'll see every pack has a guaranteed battle. And so they will be, like, uncommon, rare, and mythic rarities. Every pack will have a battle. I think they're going to be similar to how world enchantments work. So they're going to play similar to an enchantment, but they're going to be their own type, right? So there's only going to be able to be one battle at a time on the field. And I think it's going to kind of be like almost a, a quest for other games where it's going to be like the first player to do X, the first player to do Y, completes it, wins the battle, and gets some benefit. Whether they like get a token, draw some cards, that's kind of where I think they're going to be at. I like that. Um, I was I was also thinking world enchantment. I could also see it being a commander thing, though. I really could. Right. You know, where it's just like, hey, here's a commander thing. And it's like almost like the initiative, you know, like they've done Monarch, they've done initiative, they've done something like that. So maybe that's too much of a rehash. But um, I could I mean, I could see it usually when they print stuff like that, like they didn't put attractions on there, you know. And stuff yeah. like that. So it's like a new card type. I, I agree. I think it's like well, it has to. well, that's because attractions don't go into your deck, right? They're their own separate thing. Yeah. So it makes sense to me. I am going to tell you, okay, from the future, uh, that these are going to be like matches from the Harry Potter TCG. Okay. Matches have a sometimes a static effect, but they all they had a mana cost. They came into play, and then they have a to win and a prize. So, so what I said. Kind of exactly what you said. Um, but I think they're going to be formatted sideways. Okay. I think we're going to see mana cost and title of the card at the top, and they're going to be sideways art, and it's going to say, like, battle, right? It's just going to say, like, battle as the card type, and then it's going to say, like, you know, some static effect that is happening and then to win and prize. Uh-huh. I don't believe that you'll be able to control more than one battle at a time. Sure. But I do think that each player will be able to control their own battle. Sure. I can see that. So like kind of like how they changed like a modern updated legendary rule. So like, again, like pseudo world and chance, right. But everyone can get one instead of it being like, well, if right. the abyss is out, you can't play whatever right. else. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, like, the way the Legend Rule works, I'm pretty sure they no longer want to make cards that uh, make it so that you invalidate, like, your card is invalidated if you didn't get it down first, right? Sure. Yeah. They didn't like that with Planeswalkers when people started playing, like, Jace Bellerin as to Seal kill of Mind Jace. Sculptor. Yeah. Either to kill Mind Sculptor or just to, like, 
if you have Mind Sculptor, as long as this is sitting here, you really can't play yours, right? Yeah. If you play it, your four mana is just going to go away, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think they don't like that kind of gameplay. So I think we're world enchantments. There could only be one in play. I think each player is going to be able to have one in play. And that's what I think is going to happen. I honestly, I honestly could also see, like, I have a feeling something like Grandeur is going to come back. Okay. Getting a feeling that Grandeur is going to come back in some way because I think we're going to see a big focus on legendary creatures even more than we already have recently. Oh, good. And I think that in order to, like, kind of uncommander it a little bit, Grandeur is kind of the way to make legendary creatures, like, feel less bad to play multiples of, right? Sure. Like, I don't remember if you've played way back in Future Sight is the mechanic Grandeur, where, like, Coralash, uh, uh, Air of the Black Blade, is powers equal to the number of swamps you control, and if you drew another one, you could discard it and get two swamps to your hand. Mm. We're also like, because we're like years behind, right? Prune Terra does this with their legendary cards, where if you have a legendary card in play and you draw another copy of it, it actually acts as a spell. Like it, it has a sure. completely different card text on the back, a different mana cost, and it will turn back into your legendary creature if you're the one in play dies, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that kind of effect is coming back that might not have anything to do with battles, but these are more yeah. predictions. I'm making wild predictions. We're shooting from the hip today. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Chris, any more opinions? Man, I just don't know. Like I said, I, I can throw in some well up there, but you guys are the prediction masters. You know what I'm saying? Are I'm we? here. I'm here for the rhino talk. I'm here mm -hmm. for the sleeper cards that I, I still know are good. And y'all are here for the the uh, sane predictions, you know. Well, if if there if there's a battle that says control four siege rhinos, Chris will win. Right, that's exactly right. You you already know it. You already know. But yeah, I mean, I was thinking world and chance. We always kind of just think of those as like, hey, there's a card type that kind of hasn't hasn't been seen in a bit. But you know, battle implies some things. It implies like there's like I said, you know, a, a back and forth or a location. Right, battles happen at a location. Um, right. Or something, you know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of things that I think you can apply with battle. Well, I and think they're all going to be games like Battle for Ravnica, Battle for, like, the Strixhaven School. Right. Right. Um, you know. Maybe it's just a fight spell. Who knows? <laughs> Green wasn't strong yeah, enough, so they're just like, every, <laughs> they, every battle card is just a regular card, but it also lets your creatures fight your opponent's creatures, you know, to make Green right. stronger. I don't think, what I don't think they're going to do is I don't think they're going to have you, like, I don't think they're going to split the battlefield up. Oh, they're going to space Beller in it? Like, that just causes too much hassle. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to, like, send your creatures away to the battle. Like, I don't think it's going to create, like, a second, like, yeah. front. Look, right? I, I, don't, I don't think I can General Iroh send my soldier boys off to war and then have them. Yeah, up. exactly. And not come home, right? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that. So the only thing that's kind of left for them to be is like a contested card. And the sure. problem with that design space, I can like the problem with cards like that, right? Is that yes, you're going to design your deck to win your battle. Right. Mm -hmm. 
But like, what if you lose it? To invest card and mana into a card that you might not get the advantage of? Sure. I just, I feel like it's a weird space to be, which is kind of also why I feel like they might be kind of like cards you put on your opponent. Oh, like a curse? Yeah, like they have to solve this battle or something like that, right? Oh, like a compulsory quest in Waterdeep. Yeah, exactly, right? Okay. But like that's the only other design space I can see it going. Uh, It's probably just going to be a world enchantment that you want the static of, and then if you get the prize, it's fine. But also making your opponent chase the prize could be Mm -hmm. good enough, right? Yeah, I mean, we could see them where it's like, it's easy because you're you're the one like declaring the battle, right? So like maybe it's your opponent can complete it, but they have to do like two more damage than you do or something like that. So it's like, right. Yeah. So we'll see how it is. I can't wait to see the first one on Saturday. It could be a big troll. They might just show us a basic land. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is so I mean, whether or not star city actually hands out a battle, I think we'll see them because there is going to be that March machines panel on the weekend as well. So um, there's no way we don't see what battles are this weekend. I feel Mm -hmm. like as the sun sets on Phyrexia, all will be one. Do you think that it really impacted the meta? (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, my. Oh jeez. Hype train does not stop. Hype train does not stop. And then we have the aftermath set, which, Hey, uh, we haven't even talked about like the. We'll talk about that at some point because they, the card numbers for packs and stuff like that leaked, and just the price leaked on Amazon. So we know like a regular pack's gonna have like seven cards and a collector packs with like six cards or whatever. So ridiculous. Yeah, I was hoping it was just gonna be like, uh, hey, you buy it and then you get like every card in it and that's it. But nope, we're the regular pack, so it's gonna. It sounds a lot like the um, the Yu Gi Oh Duelist packs where it's like. And it's like a 40-card set, but uh, you still got to pay us five bucks for a pack. Right. Gosh. Well, we can only hope. Yeah, we can only hope to be so lucky. All right. Well, that will do it for this week. We will see you this weekend for the Pro Tour. Uh, gentlemen, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter, at also Steve. You can also find me streaming at twitch.tv slash crew3mtg. You can find me on the Twitters at it's... Wait, what's my name? It's underscore Christmas, and Christmas has no T. That's where you can find me on the tweeters. There we go. And, of course, you can find me at Crew3Podcast on Twitter and post stuff over on our YouTube channel. And uh, hopefully someday soon back to stream with Ricky. Well, besides, obviously, the uh, right. the program this weekend. Uh, so be sure, again, check that out this weekend. We'll be posting. I'll post kind of our, our, our potential schedule over on the Twitter account, so be sure to look out for that. And, uh, yeah, once again, go check out and thank you to our sponsors at Manscaped and playing MTG.com. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.